Come in. Here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hello there, and welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I'm trying this for a second time, and I'm using the same mic I used yesterday that didn't work, but it seems to be working now. We are going to find out. This is the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. It is Wednesday, March the 28th. 8.47 a.m. Central Time. Uh, you missed a great podcast yesterday that I recorded um, and didn't have any audio. So um, it would have made it impossible for you to hear it. <laughs> so we're going to try this again, hopefully with this audio working. I don't know what the heck happened yesterday. Maybe it was a bad connection on my internet. I am not very technically savvy. So there are a lot of possibilities that I would not be aware of. And uh, yeah, that's that going to close some windows now to uh, some tabs on my computer to hopefully help the internet feed. And I'm going to keep an eye on the mic on this as well to make sure that we are getting the audio picked up. It looks like we are. So going to continue on and hope for the best here. But uh, if you are, are for the, oh, well, for the uninitiated, this is the mailbag podcast where I answer uh, and react to questions and comments that you send my way on Twitter. The hashtag is HFmail. You can send those anytime between the time you're hearing my voice now and the next time I record. And I will go back and through my mentions and feeds and um, pick up where I left off the previous week uh, with that hashtag. So it makes it easier for me, makes it easy for you, make sure you get it makes sure that you get included in the podcast. And I appreciate everybody who sends in questions and comments. And those of you for listening to the podcast, when I'm able to record it with sound, it makes it even better. All right. Um, news. Uh, I'd like to start off the podcast with a little news before we dive into the um, questions and comments. This week, obviously, the big news is Iowa women's basketball making it to the Final Four for the second time in program history, the first time since 1993. Uh, nice round number of 30 years since the last trip with C. Vivian Stringer. Uh, Lisa Bluter can now add a Final Four appearance to her illustrious resume, uh, Hall of Fame resume. 
uh, if you will. Uh, she is a Hall of Fame coach. There's no doubt about it and will be there someday. Um, but she's not ready to to uh, move on yet, and she's got the program at, at the highest level it's been at uh, for 30 years. So great to see. Iowa will face the Giant on Friday, 8.30 p.m. approximate time, 8.30 central time approximate time from Dallas against number one ranked and unbeaten defending national champion South Carolina. Saw some point spreads on this early. Uh, Iowa, an 11-point underdog. Uh, sounds about right. I think Maryland was roughly the same. Um, I think Iowa uh, is a different matchup for South Carolina than Maryland was. Uh, different makeup. Uh, Iowa is certainly more potent as an offensive team than Maryland. Uh, Maryland, a better defensive team than Iowa. So we'll see how that matches up with South Carolina. South Carolina with a ridiculous amount of height, uh, 6'7", 6'5", 6'3", across the front line. Uh, if you're looking for reference points on that, Iowa's tallest player in the starting lineup is 6'3", Monica Sanano. So she would be uh, tied for the third tallest player on South Carolina. Uh, and if you're wondering, Aaliyah Boston is at is 6'5". So... Um, we'll see what Sonano does and how Iowa matches up. You know, she can, Monica, Monica can only guard one of the three, obviously. Um, so we'll see which, which assignment she gets. And I would not be surprised to see Iowa play some zone as well and try to take away the interior as best it can, uh, and let South Carolina, you know, you would you would want South Carolina to, to shoot from the outside. It's not a great three point shooting team and prevent easy baskets inside. Iowa also has to protect the basketball so as not to turn it over, and that turns into easy baskets for South Carolina, which uh, the Gamecocks certainly strive for. So should be a fun matchups. I fun matchup on Friday. The other, uh, the early game is LSU and Virginia Tech. Uh, should also be a good game, and the winners will play Sunday in Dallas for the national championship. Pretty exciting. Uh, the university will have a watch party over at Carver Hawkeye arena. You can find out all the details about that at HawkeyeSports.com. Uh, that will open. I think the doors open there at seven 30. There's some construction going on for the wrestling facility. So be cognizant of that. If you're heading over, you may need a little bit more time to work yourself around Carver Hawkeye arena, find an entry point and then find a place to seat, uh, to sit. And, uh, I'm not sure about concessions. Again, go to HawkeyeSports.com. Check out all the information on that watch party. Should be fun for Hawkeye fans to get together and watch that on the big screen. If you've not been in Carver since the renovations and the added Jumbotron or whatever the heck they call it in center court, it's a really, really nice uh, way to view replays and, you know, videos and things like that in the arena. Um, so, being able to play the game on that for fans, uh, you'll be able to see the action really well and uh, and high definition. I think that's high definition. Uh, the definition is high. Um, uh, that's probably it on that because I have some questions about the game, obviously. Uh, so I won't dive much more into previewing that and uh, wanted to get through the podcast and get to all your questions. So let's Let's jump in with that. And California Hawkeye at D Freen, D F R E I N on Twitter. 
are HLV, and that's um, see the the bonus of having already answered these questions is I know kind of what's coming, uh, so I should give better answers conceivably, but probably won't. Um, HLV is uh, I think it's Haley Van Lith uh, for Louisville. If I know it's Van Lith, so um, for for background for folks, she. Um, she played USA basketball with Caitlin Clark and they won gold medals together. Uh, she had said earlier in the week that they're friends. Uh, if you go and watch and search video on social media of the two interacting during the game the other day, um, you would not think they were friends. And that's the basis for Dean's question. Uh, HLV says they are buds, but their actions say different during the game. I know. No friends during the game, but neither gave each any love after the game. It's not, it's like neither one wanted to talk about the relationship. Thanks. I'm, I don't have any inside information on this, Dean. It's more, um, just kind of observations and experience in these situations. And that does not mean what I say is fact. Um, but it's competition, right? It's, it's competition on the highest level between two kids that compete their ass off. Uh, Caitlin and Van Lith are both are two of the most intense emotional players uh, in the sport. Uh, and they're both trying to get to the final four. And I think that overtakes anything. And we've seen that before, you know, with, with friends that compete against each other, like you said, no friends on, you know, during the game. And I think that's what the case was. I, I don't think that they hate each other. They may not be the best of friends, but they played on gold medal teams together for USA basketball. That's a pretty intense bonding experience. So I don't know what their level of connection is and what their relationship is, but I, I know they have an experience uh, something they experience together uh, that will last a lifetime. So I would think that that holds a little value to them. Uh, maybe they do hate each other and they're just saying the right things in public. But I would say that's probably not the case uh, when you have a team that's capable and wins a gold medal. Um, those kids probably have decent chemistry and like each other, uh, at least to a certain degree uh, in, in, you know, winning at that type of a level. So don't really have any insight on that though, Dean, that's me just more speculating on the overall, just kind of, of a, a larger uh, view of situations like this, where you have friends who compete acquaintances who compete. I don't know, as they text each other and are that close, but uh, again, they have a experience of winning a gold medal together on a international stage. And uh, that's uh that's pretty big stuff. So I uh, want to let folks know that uh, support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at SUI.org. That is SUI.org, Systems Unlimited, doing great work for over 50 years, and we appreciate their support of the podcast. Jump back in here with another question. Uh, this is from JK Hawkeye at JK Hawkeye 71. So does this final four run put Iowa at the top of recruit lists that may normally not have even considered Iowa? How else does this run help with other programs at Iowa? 
Uh, this one I do remember, kind of my answer from yesterday uh, on the podcast that didn't record. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it opens doors for Iowa, but I also think Iowa and this coaching staff, they're good recruiters anyway, and they have obviously Caitlin is a is a you know a five star. Um, they develop some kids. Uh, some kids are highly regarded coming out of high school and AAU. Uh, but they have a certain player that they look for for their system. And I would think that this run will open some more doors from them. Probably not in this 24 class, meaning the next cycle, the, the kids that are juniors now that will sign in November of this year, but more sophomores and younger. I think you capture that. Obviously, Caitlin, Caitlin helps you know, immeasurably in recruiting. And, uh, but I think where it helps you the most JK is in the transfer portal now, because Caitlin is coming back for another year, possibly two more years. You should be able to go into the transfer portal and compete for, um, provided that the player or players fit your system, uh, fit your culture, what have you, but you should be able to get in that transfer portal and say, Hey, you get to play with Caitlin Clark. You know, look what she did for Monica Sonata. Um, and that's not to take anything away from Monica. Monica is a really good player. Um, but Caitlin gets her the ball where she can score. She knows where she likes the ball. And uh, that's so valuable. And you should be able to get whoever the high-end post players are in the transfer portal. You should have a really good shot at getting them. Again, if all other things being equal, the person is... Uh, somebody who fits in the program, gets along with the kids when the, you know she comes in on the visit, fits the culture, all those things. That should open doors for you. And, you know, maybe you get two posts. Maybe you get a post and um, uh, a forward that can take uh, Warnock's spot because I think that is Hannah, um, but Hannah is not – McKenna in terms they're different players. Hannah's more of a post player, um inside player, mid-range player, whereas McKenna can do those things, but also is a threat from three. So you may find a player at that, you know, to replace Warnock's three-point ability uh and what she brings to the table. It doesn't have to be the same player, uh, but a player that can you know, fill that void. And and that player could be on the bench too right now. One of the younger players can do that. And, you know, the program, Jan, Lisa, uh, and staff will figure out what they need, get in the transfer portal, look at what's available, and then you identify what you need and what you think works best because you're the one that's watching these younger kids every day in practice that we don't see in games because Iowa plays a short rotation. But though the coaches know which kids could possibly take that next step next season and, and step in and get more minutes and play a bigger role. So I think that's where it helps a lot. And then the second part of your question, JK, in terms of how it helps Iowa overall this this should help, and I don't know how to quantify it, but this should help with enrollment. This should help with support for the athletic department, support for the women's basketball program, exposure, uh, national stage. If you go and you look on just Twitter, and I haven't looked on the other social media platforms, but you've got, you know, Billie Jean King, John Cena, um, Magic Johnson. Those people are tweeting about Caitlin Clark. And think about how many followers they have 
And if you didn't know who Caitlin Clark was, if it's not, you know, you don't follow basketball, you don't follow women's basketball, who the hell is John Cena tweeting about? Who is this Caitlin Clark? Then you figure out who she is. Then you watch. It is whatever Caitlin is making right now from endorsements, the Iowa, the University of Iowa should feel very, very fortunate because she's making the university money and they don't have to pay for it outside of the scholarship. The sponsors are paying for it. So, yeah. And we can have another whole discussion on that. And should athletes get more money from the schools? Let's just move on from that because I'm not going down that road right now. What I am going to do is take a break to hear from a few of our sponsors and be back on the side to con- uh, on the other side to continue on uh, with your questions and comments. So hang on there, hang in there. We'll be uh, uh, back on the other side of this break. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Oriza Asian Cuisine and Bar is celebrating its fifth year anniversary. Enjoy Chinese, Vietnamese, Thai, and Korean all combined into one menu. Visit 5 Sturgis Corner Drive next to Staples in Iowa City. Open 11 to 10 every day, 365 days a year, or visit online at arisaic.com. Let's jump back in here and get the HF mail hashtag rolling again. And the latest. Oh, let's go. Where were we? Yes, JK was the last one that we answered. We've got 44MLess at 44MLess on Twitter. And uh, he checks in. He's a regular contributor to the podcast. Appreciate his contributions. Hi, Rob. In your opinion, before her career comes to an end, what does Caitlin Clark need to do in order to be considered the greatest Hawkeye women's basketball player ever? Um, I know there's a lot of really good candidates for this, but wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, I I remember answering this one. Yes, I remember answering all these, actually, so I don't need to keep saying that. But she is the greatest player in Iowa women's basketball history already, Les. Um, You know, she led her team to the Final Four, and I don't think that should be the only component for, um, you know, or, or the only part of her resume that makes her the greatest to ever play at Iowa, I think it's part of it. And just we as sports fans, we as people who analyze sports, winning is the ultimate um, achievement, right? So, you know, we talk about, you know, if you want to go to football and guys like Dan Marino, who never won a Super Bowl, does that, yeah, that that dings his resume because he wasn't able to do that. If he... You know, is Tom Brady the most gifted, physically gifted quarterback to ever play? No, he's not. But he won whatever it is, seven Super Bowls. I mean, that's what people refer to as him as the GOAT. So relating that to Caitlin Clark, she now has a Final Four. If she were to win the national championship, I think that seals it. But I think this getting to the Final Four, excuse me, after – 
today is today's Wednesday, March the 29th. Today is when it is announced who the national player of the year is in women's basketball. Um, I'm recording this before that happens, um, but she should win that. And if she does, that's another layer to the resume. I just think watching her play and there have been great players here, Michelle Edwards, um, you know, uh, Megan Gustafson, Cindy Hogjorn. I mean, you go through the generations. There have been really good players for Iowa women's basketball. Caitlin Clark is the best, in my opinion. I know there may be others that disagree with that, um, but that's my story, and uh, I'm sticking to it. Um, 44 MLS again. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, Rob, but didn't Fran lose out on a couple of big men last year in the transfer portal? If he fails to pick up one or two this year, is that a cause for concern? It is a cause for concern, Les, and they did miss out on a couple of guys last year, and NIL played a role in it. Again, I don't know how to quantify how big of a role it played, but it played a role in that um, without the NIL, like we talked about earlier um, with the Iowa women's basketball team success, it opens doors in recruiting, right? Well, if you're trying to recruit and you don't have NIL, you can't even get in the door for certain kids because that's kind of a baseline. They want something. They want, you know, they're going to have to compete. Now, you know, you could look at a kid's like, like kid like Nigel Pack uh, for Miami who got a million dollars, but now Miami's in the final four. So was it worth it for them to pay Nigel Pack from Kansas State to go to Miami? Probably. Um, those are all things that we're working through here at the initial stages of NIL uh, and what it's going to be and what type of legislations they're going to be and what type of restrictions they're going to be. We're kind of working our way through this. Uh, but ultimately, you need to have an NIL to be able to recruit. It just it's the way it is right now. And I don't see that changing. It may there may be regulations, but you're still going to need resources to help you recruit in the transfer portal. And Iowa needs that. And I'm going to address that in a few minutes with another question. Um, but that that hurt Iowa last year. Um, Iowa football, I don't think, really pursued it the previous cycle because it was really new then, the NIL. But this cycle, they added six players through the transfer portal, um, including a quarterback in Cade McNamara from Michigan, who they had to pay a lot to get. So if you want the same for your basketball program, you're going to have to give the basketball program resources to be able to compete with other schools that are giving NIL. It's pretty simple and cut and dried to me. Uh, we've had issues with the Swarm Collective um, and the Iowa Athletic Department. We saw that, I think it was back in December, that there was friction there, that the Athletic Department wasn't helping the collective as much as it could. So we've got that as an issue with Iowa. Hopefully that's been worked through. But anyway, that's kind of where things stand. And yes, Les, they need to have more resources for um, for NIL, for basketball. Justin Frericks at JJF27. After Deontay Craig and Joe Evans, which guys are most likely to provide depth as ed edge rushers? Which defensive ends do you think will be moved inside in the Raider package or on obvious passing downs? Um, yeah, we don't see the Raider as much these days. I've enjoyed the Raider with Nate Meyer and those guys. But, uh, yeah, we don't see that as much now. And uh, they've gotten pretty strong foundationally defensively up front. 
where the defensive ends are capable of rushing without any type of special package. And I don't really see that changing, uh, Justin, this year. There's still plenty of depth there. Um, obviously, with if Lucas Van Ness was back, that's a whole different part of the ball game. Um, but you look at guys that are kind of, you know, been in the program now for a few years. Some have had injuries, but are starting to to get their feet under them a little bit and starting to advance. I think you look at Max Llewellyn and Ethan Herkett as two guys that could do that. Um, I think, you know, Jackson Filer, uh, former West Des Moines Dowling Catholic standout and went to Iowa Western. He's a bit undersized like Joe Evans, uh, but he is really good. And I, I'm interested to see how he stacks up uh, with at this level being undersized. It's not easy to do. And I know how hard Joe Evans works being undersized to be able to compete. So um, we'll see. We'll see if he's able to compete at this level. And then you also have his teammate from uh, Iowa Western, Ontario Thompson, who's more of an interior player. Um, and I think he'll help depth there. I think I was really deep on the inside when you think about Jeremiah Pittman as a young guy that can help. Yahweh Black is a young guy. Aaron Graves, all of those guys behind the starters in Noah Shannon and Logan Lee. There is tremendous depth in the middle. And I wonder if Iowa will be able to um, maybe manipulate that a little bit to get more out of those defensive tackles. If there is a guy that could slide outside sometimes maybe Logan Lee or Ontario Thompson or somebody can slide outside in different packages. So be interesting to see what they can do up front with that. Brian Allen and Caden Crawford are two younger guys that I also would keep an eye on at defensive end as guys that could potentially help in that area. But yeah, if you're looking at one position this year that you're like, oh, you know, on the defense, linebackers, obviously one of them, but losing Lucas Van Ness, uh, and even Jack Campbell's ability to get after the quarterback and Seth Benson, that is a concern uh, in a way. But I was very good up the middle at getting pressure on the quarterback with guys like Logan Lee, uh, Noah Shannon, and company. So I think that stuff will work itself out um, as the season goes on. So, yeah, I think uh, – I think they'll be in good shape on the defensive line and on defense overall. Don't really have many concerns on that side of the ball, but that is a good question, Justin. And we'll see kind of this is why spring is so important because you're working out which of those guys can help you and how they can help you moving into next season. First coffee sip of the pod. All right, let's move on here. Do I want to take a break yet or do I want to move on? Um, yeah, let's take our second and final break right here. Uh, and I'll come back in up and, uh, finish up with your questions and comments. We have, uh, quite a few here still, but, uh, shouldn't take too long to zip through these. Appreciate you guys listening and hanging in there. We will be back on the other side of this break. Hi, this is AJ Perez, managing partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. 
Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. And we are back here on the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. Appreciate everybody listening and all of our sponsors. Appreciate the sponsors that uh, you just heard from and all of them that you hear from throughout this podcast. Jump back in with Chris Bryant at Detroit Hawkeye. Uh, where would Caitlin Clark rank on your li- rank on your list of most exciting Hawkeye athletes you've covered, and who else would be on that list? Um, so I was here at the last year or two years. I think it was the last year of Tim Dwight and Tavian Banks. Those are the type of guys that come to my mind in terms of excitement. Uh, Desmond King is a guy I think of excitement. I'm hitting football first. Brad Banks, uh, very exciting player. Um, you know, and then you can, if you're really a connoisseur of football, you think about, you know, other defensive players, Jack Campbell, uh, Josie Jewell. Um, Davion Nixon, guys that were just really exciting players to watch because of their ability. Um, basketball, um, you know, from, from Megan Gustafson to, um, you know, Sam Logic, uh, Ali Disterhoff, Lindsey Meter, Kara Consuega, uh, Randy Peterson, Tangela Smith, a uh, lot of kids I've seen through the years that are now in their 40s, uh, but were exciting when they played men's basketball. I mean, you have, uh, you can go with Keegan Murray and Luca Garza and, um, you know, Adam Haluska, Jeff Horner, uh, uh, Greg Bruner, those years were really good. The The last Final Four team, uh, Jess Settles and, uh, guy Dean Oliver and guys like that uh, were really fun to watch. So um, a lot of people through the years, but there, I will put it this way. I will frame it this way for you, Chris. There hasn't been a more exciting player that I've covered since starting to report on Iowa athletics in 1997. There is not a more exciting player than Caitlin Clark. Yeah. I think you can make a case that there may be people, you know, former athletes that were as exciting depending on what excites you. But to me, I don't think you can watch Caitlin Clark, even if basketball is not your sport and not see what she brings and be entertained by her game. So she was, she's the most exciting player that I've seen student athlete I've seen in 20, whatever it is, 26 years. Um, but I think there are others that are in that conversation that I really enjoyed watching play. And uh, that's the best part of this job is uh, watching these, these kids play and grow and compete. And other people, I'm not sure people have an appreciation for, for the type of pressure they're under too, and what it's like uh, for them to compete at this level. So definitely a pre- I have a high appreciation for that. Chris Bryant, again, larger long-term concern with limited scholarship-wide receivers during spring ball, loss of opportunity to develop at the position, or loss of opportunity to get in sync with Cade McNamara before summer camp. 
I think both, as you say, are concerns, Chris. Uh, I'm more concerned probably with the chemistry with Cade, and that's because we're talking about experienced receivers, uh, Deontay Vines, Nico Regani, uh, even Seth Anderson has some experience. Um, now with Brody Brecht out, obviously that is experience that's taken away. Um, but then Jacob Bostic being hurt, that's one where you you would like to see some more development at the position. I think that hurts him more. But I think the positive news here is, and the, the, the glass half full uh, view of this, is that um, you, you look at the where we are now in the calendar, there's still plenty of time for them to build chemistry as Cade gets healthier, his knee gets healthier, uh, and the receivers get healthier. They have a lot of time to work together. Uh, and you don't need a full football practice to work on your timing as a quarterback and receiver. They can do that throughout June, uh, into some, ju- into July and into August in terms of building chemistry and, and, uh, getting timing down uh in you know in routes and receiving and things like that. So, I don't think it's a panic. It's not ideal. It's not a panic situation. It's certainly not ideal, uh but I I'm not I I think there's time. Is I guess is what I'm saying. So, uh would be great to see all of the receivers and Cade McNamara healthy and going through all 15 spring practices together, but that's not the case. You just have to make the best of that situation. Uh, Chris Bryant with his third and final. Uh, is Aaliyah Boston for player of the year because she's the best player on the best team? Stats be damned, a legit argument. Or is it like saying Desmond King should have won the Jim Thorpe his senior year because even though his production was down, it was because nobody threw it his way? Yeah, I think there's something there to that, Chris. Um, I think if Aaliyah Boston, uh, took as many shots as Caitlin um, and had as many offensive opportunities. Her stats would obviously be better than they are. Probably not as good as Caitlin's because she's not going to hit three pointers. Um, But I think if she played more and was more of a focal point of what they do, and she is a focal point, but they have so much talent around her that she can do what she does and, it's obviously successful. They're whatever, 30, excuse me, 36 and 0, 37 and 0, whatever they are. They won the national championship last year with her. Um, but to me, the player of the year argument this year, I got it last year. She was the best player on the best team. And Caitlin Clark's team didn't make the Sweet 16, uh, got knocked off by Creighton. The argument last year, I got Aaliyah Boston's statistics were better last year. She was on the best team. She was the best player. This year, I was in the final four. So you can't, you, you look at that. That goes in Caitlin's, you know, the plus column. She led her team to the final four. She's the best player on a team that made the final four for the first time in 30 years and only the second time in program history. To me, game set and match. She's player of the year. I don't really see any argument for, for Aaliyah Boston or anybody else in the country. And you could say I'm biased in that, but I don't think I am. I think that's pretty objective. Uh, just viewing it, um, as somebody who's followed sports for a long, long time, 50 years. And uh, almost 50, I guess, and have a good idea kind of in my mind what I view as player of the year or what 
And sometimes it's hard to quantify what that is. That's my word of the day, quantify. But it's it's hard to figure out, you know, because that's why there's been such an argument on, on social media about this is that because of um, the the um, object, I, I guess, subjectivity of people that are looking at things like this and trying to analyze awards, there's subjectivity involved in it. And that makes for a debate. And that's fine. I wish people would be a little kinder to each other, uh, Iowa fans and South Carolina fans, and certainly do not take shots at Caitlin and Leah Boston because they haven't taken shots at each other. Um, they're not acting like asses on Twitter and saying, hey, I should win the award. Uh, they're both, by all accounts, really um, fine representatives of the sport. And I don't see why you have to tear one down to support the other one. Um, let their achievements stand on their own and go from there. Um, so that's my soapbox on that one. A paragon, uh, I'm probably too late for March 28th podcast. Actually, you're not because I'm recording it on the 29th. <laughs> and uh, it's documented now that I screwed up yesterday with the mic. But how well equipped do you think Iowa is to win bidding awards in the transfer portal entrance? I sometimes see lists of 20 plus schools that contacted a particular transfer, and I fear that Iowa has no chance because they can't offer enough money. Um, there's a couple questions like this. I'm going to group you in and um, to, to combine the answers of these two. Uh, a Paragon, that was a Paragon's question. Uh, and then Alan H. at Mac Miney or Mac Mini, I'm not sure how he uh, says that on Twitter, uh, but this is related to that. Uh, missed the cutoff, maybe save for the for one for another time. How much NIL buying power does Iowa basketball have, i.e., if bidding completely competitively with this list, Cincinnati, St. John's, Ohio State, Northwestern, North Carolina, if we had to go all out, could we? All right, so I'm going to combine these two. And go back to what I said a few minutes ago, football-wise, I think they're in a decent place. They were able to get Caden McNamara and Eric All and Seth Anderson and Dejon Parker and Rusty Feth and Deacon Hill. They got six players out of the transfer portal in December and January, and maybe it was February too. But anyway, this offseason – and so that lets you know that they can compete at least for guys that they want. Would, would they have gone for other guys had they had more money? Maybe. Um, they're going to tell you the guys they got are the guys they wanted. Um, but there are always other guys out there that may they may have wanted and couldn't get in the door because they didn't have enough N enough NIL. I don't know that to be the case, but it, it's certainly plausible. Um, and then in far, as, as far as Alan H is part of this question in terms of basketball, I really didn't have a lot of knowledge of this. And still I'm working on adding knowledge of this to this, but I, um, you know, in, in response to an earlier question of Iowa missing out on big guys last year because of lack of NIL money for men's basketball, I reached out to somebody who's pretty close to the situation yesterday, not Fran McCaffrey, but somebody close, uh, and asked the person, where is Iowa's NIL? How does Iowa's NIL for basket, men's basketball match up with the competition across the country? And this is how the person framed it to me said the SEC is the major leagues of NIL. That's the major leagues. 
the Big Ten is kind of like instructional. Or, or, or I, I, I don't have the text in front of me, but minor league ball, not instructional ball. Whereas Iowa and some of the schools that don't have a lot for men's basketball or little league and instructional league, that's how it was framed to me. So that gives me an idea that Iowa is is not among the haves. I'm not sure they're the have-nots, but they're not among the haves when it comes to competing NIL-wise. Now, again, it's NIL is a component of this, and we don't know how big of the component is for each individual player. There may be a player that goes to the highest bidder. There may be a lot of players that go to the highest bidder. There must. There may also be a, a player who takes less money because he feels or she feels more comfortable in a program. It's a better match, better chance to win, better chance at playing time, things like that. There are a lot of factors that go into it. But if we're asking me from a – NIL standpoint, how Iowa stacks up against the competition in men's basketball, the feedback that I have received is not very well. So I know today is a day of giving, I think, for the University of Iowa, uh, for the athletic department and the university as a whole. You can donate money uh, to student athletes. I would recommend instead of doing it that way to donate directly to the collective and not to the university because the university is stingy with its money and what it helps the collective do. The collective, the swarm gives the money directly to the players. So go that route if you're donating money. Now, if you want to donate money to the music department or, you know, the history department or the journalism school, the nursing school, go ahead and do that. If you're donating and you want to help Iowa attract more higher more student athletes be able to compete in the transfer portal donate the money to the swarm or you know and i think there are program within the swarm that you can earmark your money say hey i want this money to go to women's basketball or i want this money to go to men's basketball or i want this money to go to football wrestling needs to get involved in this too i don't know what they're doing uh in terms of nil and how important it is in that sport i will plead some ignorance on that, but um, that's the way to do it because Iowa needs help, particularly men's basketball-wise, in terms of competing in the NIL transfer portal market. And we will wrap with one more question here, and that is from Final Four Iowa Hawk Guy at Iowa Hawk Guy G U I. Good to hear from you. Um, you're being you're a more frequent contributor to this podcast, and I appreciate it because uh, you usually have a pretty good uh, feel for how some of the fan base feels. All of you guys do, but uh, Final Four Iowa Hawk Guy says, hearing from Kirk and what I've read about spring football, I am not optimistic this offense is going to be much improved. The wide receiver room is actually worse than last spring. We saw how that turned out. Playing time in this offense is not going to sell any impact transfer wide receiver either. I am going to continue down the path that I have uh, this offseason. Last offseason, I bought in a little bit to uh, simplifying the offense, streamlining the offense, uh, making it easier 
uh, putting the players in better positions to succeed. Um, all of that rhetoric we heard last year, I bought into. I'm not doing that this year. I am taking a wait-and-see approach. Um, your your view of this, and I'm not saying you're wrong, Iowa Hawkeye, is glass half empty, uh, that things won't improve, you won't get transfer portal wide receivers. Um, I don't think you can take that approach. I think you need to do everything you can May 1st through 15th when that portal is open to address it, and then we go back to NIL here. How much will the NIL help? And, you know, you combine the NIL with the chance to play as a wide receiver, maybe that gets you a guy or two. So you have to play this game now. Um, I'm with you. The res- and I and this was from a question earlier about, you know, what you know, what's the biggest uh, concern right now with the receivers being out and not being and, and Cade being limited, Cade McNamara being limited in terms of what they're able to do. Uh, in terms of developing chemistry and timing and things like that, nothing you can do about it. You just have to push forward. And when people are, when, when guys are back to practice and work on those things, got to do it right away and do it all the way up to the season and do the best you can. Injuries happen. Um, attrition happens. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, but try to do your best. And I know that's kind of kumbaya. Uh, type of approach to it, but it's really all you can do. Um, you can complain about it, but it's not going to fix the situation. So kind of my thought on that Hawkeye, but uh, I am in the wait and see approach. I am not going to pass judgment until I see what this offense looks like. It's a good thing that there is a much more manageable schedule this year than there was last year, but that's not, that doesn't mean that things will be easy. So Kind of my thoughts on that and kind of my thoughts on all of this. And my fingers are crossed right now that this freaking thing recorded. It looks like it's recording. It looks like the uh, audio is fine. I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping whatever yesterday was, was a blip on the radar. Um, But anyway, appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Appreciate all of our sponsors. Uh, It is Wednesday today. I will be back next Tuesday with the Mailbag Podcast. Hashtag HF mail. Any questions or comments? If you didn't make it into the po- this podcast, shoot them my way on Twitter and I will get you into the next one. Until then, peace.